Alright guys, thank you so much for joining today. Uh, all we're doing today is just a quick little short one, giving you an update on something that's fairly large in the news right now. Uh, some people are saying it's the biggest extravagant, massive news event in a long time. It's apparently bigger than WikiLeaks. It's on a similar level as the whole Edward Snowden deal. And it's what's called the Panama Papers. And I'm just going to go quickly through, uh, explain to the very novice in, in a financial sense what the Panama Papers are, what they mean, and kind of break down the concepts that go into this. So I'll do it quickly because this is something I could ramble on for hours about because it's fascinating. But at the same time, it could get really boring listening to me talk about it. So I'll give you what you need to know, and uh, we'll go from there. Um, also, just to summarize, I mean, I think the most valuable piece of this entire this entire segment is going to be kind of what I divulge at the very end of, of the segment, maybe the last minute or so, and I'll pretty much, you know, say my thoughts there. But for now, I am going to just go ahead and tell you kind of what's happening. What happened was there was this massive leak. A guy leaked about 11 million documents, like 2 terabytes of data. If, you're anything, if you know anything about computers, you know 2 terabytes is a lot of data. They leaked a bunch of documents from a, a company called Mossack Fonseca. And, you know, it's pretty much just like a massive puzzle. Like they got all this data and they have to go through like a puzzle and figure out how different pieces connect. And what it is, it's just like 11 million documents of registered shell corporations. So... You know, after like a year of research and looking, all these journalists found that some of the world's largest figureheads, political leaders, etc., have been laundering money using what's called a shell corporation. And they've been, you know, using privacy in kind of perverted ways and, and things like that. So first, I'm going to talk about what, a, like what actually is a shell corporation. So first of all, a lot of people don't understand a shell corporation is a fully legal entity. It's completely legitimate business. It's something that people do all the time, and it's, it's quite popular, actually. Um, but it's very underground and not so well documented. What is a shell corporation? It's pretty much legally registered business that does not produce anything or have any operations. So you register a corporation, it's privately held, which means it doesn't have stock, it doesn't trade on the stock market. It's a privately held business, and by the way, when it doesn't have to trade on the stock market, that means they don't have to release Pub, they don't have to publish press releases, they don't have to inform shareholders, they don't have to report quarterly earnings or annual data or, you know, you know, have transparency in their operations. So typically these companies only exist on paper. It'll say, you know, a, maybe an alias or, or, a, or a designated name of the owner of the, of the shell corporation. It'll say that it is a corporation and where it's registered. That's pretty much it. That's kind of what a shell corporation is. It's a business that doesn't have any operations. It's completely private, doesn't have any uh, press releases or anything. And it's typically only used to be an interme intermediary in a transaction. It's typically only used for to hold financial assets or to transfer money from place to place. So what isn't a shell corporation? A shell corporation is not something that's inherently illegal. It's not an illegal thing. It's it's actually a very legitimate thing. Uh, but they can be used for, for bad things. For instance, uh, like a gun, right? A gun is a legal thing that you're allowed to have if you register, but it's when people start going and shooting people up in a mall that it becomes a bad thing. So that's kind of kind of synonymous to a, or metaphorically uh, relating to a shell corporation. Uh, they are not a tax haven. So shell corporations themselves don't have any tax benefit. They only give tax benefits when you place that shell corporation in a tax haven. So a shell corporation itself isn't a tax haven. A tax haven is a specific location 
or organization or political ideology in a country like Bermuda or the Bahamas or the Virgin Islands or Isle of Man or Ireland, places like that where tax laws are significantly different and you can take advantage of how taxes are set up. So you can put a shell corporation in a tax-advantaged country and you can avoid paying taxes in some cases. So that's another primary motivator. So you may be wondering, what are the legal uses? Why would somebody start a shell corporation? And from what I know, there's, you know, four, you know, maybe three main reasons that they would do it. And one of the biggest ones I would say is privacy. The biggest reason most of these shell corporations exist is privacy. So let's say company A wants to deal with company B and they want to go through some kind of financial transaction. They want to deal, but company A knows that company B has a very bad reputation and they don't like that. So what they can do is they can set up a shell corporation and then those companies can deal in shell corporations so that they're reputations aren't tarnished. So uh, what's a really unethical company that people like to complain about a lot? Maybe something like um, Nestle or Shell Gas or maybe Raytheon or General Dynamics, like things like that. So companies that are have bad reputations, let's say you have a nonprofit and you would really like to take this bad company's donation, but you don't want to have oh, look who donated to my political campaign or look who donated to my uh, my nonprofit. It was Shell Gas and ExxonMobil and General Dynamics and Raytheon. It was their Shell corporations who we would never be able to identify as those bad companies. So it also helped with privacy. It allows you to not disclose if you're working with someone with a bad reputation. So that's one thing. It protects your, your brand integrity, I guess, in a sense. That's a major use. Second major thing is, in reality, if you speak with a lawyer or somebody who's, who's, who deals with shell corporations, most of them will tell you that, yeah, sure, there's lots of tax stuff that happens, there's lots of privacy stuff, but a big one is just dealing with liabilities. Um, so for instance, for an example, let's say a shipping company or a trucking company where you have a company and you own a bunch of trucks and you guys drive trucks. Obviously a trucking company has a lot of liability because you can smash into a building with your truck. You can kill somebody with a, a massive truck. You can, there's just lots of bad things that can happen in the form of incidents that you're not expecting. So because they have such so many liabilities, they can be sued on many different fronts. There's many different ways they could get sued for something. So what they can do is they can set up a shell corporation with no assets in it. And what they do is they just lease the trucks to the shell corporation. The shell corporation pays the lease on the trucks. Now, should one of those trucks hit somebody or smash into a building and get sued, there's no assets in the shell corporation. So the shell corporation gets sued. Oh, too bad. We have no money. And then the trucking company goes and repossesses the trucks that they leased to the shell corporation. So they can easily just repossess their trucks. Meanwhile, the shell corporation goes bankrupt and they, and they try to sue the shell corporation, but there's no assets in it. So the holding corporation then can just repossess all the assets and continue on as if nothing ever happened. So big ones are privacy and liability protection. Now, there's another really cool one um, that's actually quite popular, and it's called a double Irish or a double Irish Dutch sandwich. And you can kind of, if you want to get more information on this, you can always Google it and read up on it because it's somewhat common. Um, so what, what you can do is set up T-Shirts Limited in the United States. So that's their company name. It's T-Shirts Limited, and they set it up in the USA as a corporation. Then what they do is they set up another corporation, a shell corporation called 
T-Shirts Ireland Limited. And they base that company in Bermuda or the Virgin Islands or somewhere where there's no taxes. So what happens is they have the company, T-Shirts Limited, and now they create a shell company called T-Shirts Ireland Limited. And that company has nothing to do with Ireland, but it is has the name Ireland and it is registered in a tax haven. So now what happens is the company also creates T-Shirts Ireland Inc. So now they have a, a legit company in the U.S., a shell corporation that's really based out of Bermuda, but has, you know, Ireland name on it. And then another one that is actually in Ireland and it's Ireland shirts limited. So now what they do is they create one more company and they call it Dutch shirts, Inc. So what the business can do based on Irish and Dutch tax law is they can earn money Let's say anywhere in the world, they earn profits on T-shirts. And then what the, what the American company will do is they will outsource the production, the manufacturing, and the, all of that stuff, and they'll outsource it to T-shirts, Inc. in Bermuda. And then the Bermuda company will then send that to the company in Ireland, and then the company will send that to the Netherlands holding company. And then because of Netherlands tax law, they will tax the money coming from Ireland based on its holding corporation. So what happens is the money comes into the U.S. It gets consulted through this company in, you know, over the Virgin Islands or some kind of tax haven. Then it goes to the company in Ireland. From there, the company in Ireland will outsource some of that to the company in the Netherlands, and the Netherlands will declare all of the tax based on the income made in the one of Bermuda. So just different countries have different tax laws, different things surrounding them, and there's ways that companies can find loopholes in kind of the tax law. And if you think, oh, that's crazy, that's really sneaky, that must be an uncommon thing, to be completely honest with you, uh, companies like that figure out these loopholes are companies like Apple, Facebook, Google, IBM does it as well. Uh, Johnson and Johnson does it. Microsoft, Starbucks, Yahoo—like lots of big companies do these things. And if you want to learn more about big companies doing these type of things, you can go to uh, just Google Apple Operations International, and there'll be so much stuff that comes up, and you can listen, look at that. So Apple Operations International is one of their Irish, you know, holding companies or shell companies that they that they do a lot of tax evasion through. Um, but as of now, it's completely legal. They haven't really been in much trouble. They Tim Cook had a Senate hearing, but that's besides the point. Anyways, so those are some of the legal uses of shell companies, but there are also some obviously illegal uses, and most of them are in the form of either money laundering, tax evasion, or like just anonymity and crime. So for instance, money laundering, um, and if you're in the financial industry or you know anything about that, every textbook says there's three keys to money laundering, placement, layering, and integration. So first of all, money laundering, the first step is placement. So when you have an illegal activity, like you steal a bunch of drugs or you sell a bunch of cocaine or you do something like that and you sell it or whatever, you make some kind of a legal form of money, what you have to do is you can't just go and spend that all in cash because that's kind of a suspicious transaction. People eventually kind of figure things out. So you have to launder the money. You have to make it look legitimate. So you have to get the money into different places and you have to layer the, and you have to kind of place that money in the economy in in places that don't seem suspicious. For instance, I knew a guy who had like a foreign exchange uh shop in Vancouver and they would launder a ton of money through there because drug dealers in Vancouver only 
like have to pay American dollars for their drugs because most of it's coming through the U.S. or or vice versa. So it all the business in in Vancouver drug trade across borders is done in U.S. dollars. So what they had is they just had this foreign exchange company that was part of the money laundering scheme, and they just kind of make the money look legitimate, and then they place it in several different bank accounts. Maybe they go and buy different financial instruments like stocks and bonds, make some investments, move it from account to account to account, and that's called layering. So now what you're trying to do is layer those transactions as deep as possible. So it's just a wild goose chase trying to find where the money came from if somebody were to look back in the past and try to figure that out. And then the last part after placement and layering is integration. So then you go out with the new money you've made, maybe you've earned investment returns on this on the stolen money, then what you do is you take those returns and you go and you buy uh, a Ferrari or you go and buy, you know, nice clothes or, or, or a penthouse on Fifth Avenue or whatever. So that's kind of one of the main ones is money laundering. So because of the anonymity with shell corporations, you can probably launder money in more sophisticated and, and uh, sneaky ways. Um, another one would be like anonymity in crime, which just means like, uh, one of the, I guess, accusations of the Panama Papers was that there were government officials and business, I guess, interests funding terrorists. So um, they can be completely anonymous. On they, you, they can be completely anonymous, yet they can fund terrorists and stuff like that. And then the last one is just evading taxes. And obviously, why is that a bad thing? Because I know for, for me in Manitoba, I pay thirteen percent tax on everything I buy. So if there were corporations here evading taxes, that means I have to come up with a shortfall. So when corporations don't pay their taxes, that means individuals have to pay more taxes. So obviously that sucks. So that's kind of why a lot of people are upset. So here's, here's the deal. He leaked 11 million documents of these shell corporations uh, from a company called Mossack Fonseca. And Mossack Fonseca pretty much goes up uh, goes out into the world and sells shell corporations to other people who need business. And many, one of the partners at Mossack Fonseca is pretty much quoted saying, the largest majority of our business comes from people trying to avoid taxes. And they have a website, you can go on it and look and, you know, they've got offices all over the world, etc. Fairly big company. And they're one of the biggest, you know, shell company creators in, in the world. So then what happened was we found out that there's a lot of sophisticated people who are actually taking part in activities that could be quite illegal. Uh, for instance, in 2008, the Icelandic uh, banking sector became pretty much, they got, they got destroyed, they got crushed. And um, they were doing some things that were very unethical and some things that were not so highly regarded. And the president of Iceland, meanwhile, in the past few years has been trying to decide, and I guess their, their, their political interests and political powers have trying to decide how do we, what do we do with these banks? How can we discipline them? But yet how can we keep our banking sector alive, etc.? Turns out that through these shell corporations, the president of Iceland actually had financial interests in the banks while he was trying to decide how to reprimand them. So that's one thing. Uh, Vladimir Putin apparently had relatives and friends whose names are tied to shell corporations that apparently funnel billions of dollars uh, to avoid taxes. Um, the Ukrainian president, uh, this is funny, uh, the, this Ukrainian president, when he came into power, promised to sell all of his business interests to avoid conflict of interest. Turns out that he still owns them all through shell corporations. So that's kind of funny, but nobody knows who it is because it's anonymous, but apparently now we do. Uh, there was also like a Ugandan uh, oil company who wanted to sell an oil field. And Fonseca allowed them to avoid like $400 million in taxes by diverting it into a shell corporation in a tax haven. And 
the ba- the problem with that is if you know anything about Uganda, like some stupid statistic amount of the population lives off of less than a dollar a day, which means if they avoid four hundred million dollars in taxes to Uganda, like that's more than the entire government's annual health budget. So like by avoiding those taxes, they pretty much did a number on their on their people. And where it gets really weird and really kind of crappy is that, you know, they've been found shell corporations of people financing the Russian sex trade, um, you know, underground arms trade, uh, drugs, you know, avoiding taxes, things like that. So the funny thing is that, you know, these these tax haven countries, you know, could, they could be forced to clean up their act. Like if, you know, Panama and, and uh, you know, Bermuda and Virgin Islands and places like this, Isle of Man, what we know about it is that the governments around the world that have power could easily go to them and say like, Hey, clean up your act or we're going to sanction you. We're not going to do any business with you until you clean up your stuff. But why haven't we done that yet? And I'll leave that, obviously that conclusion up to you. But the way my head works is it would say, Oh, well, the reason we haven't shut that down yet is because our own government figures probably have like these shell corporations that are giving them an advantage uh, as well. And if that wasn't the case, they probably would have shut these places down by now. Anyways, all of this to say, I believe this needs to be taken, this whole Panama Papers thing needs to be taken with a massive grain of salt. Massive, massive grain of salt. Um, One, it could be complete propaganda. For instance, we are not allowed to access the documents. They haven't released them to the public. When WikiLeaks and Edward Snowden came out, those were the majority of that stuff you, the public could see. Uh, we're not allowed to access any of these documents, first of all. Second of all, no American leaders or Canadians have been implicated, so that's kind of suspicious. There's no American like leaders on there, so it's and the, but at the same time, uh, you know, Saudi Arabian, uh, you know, their their political figureheads are all involved. Putin's involved. Um, and it's, it's like this whole thing, like, oh, we're the good guys and everybody else is the bad guys, which is weird because if there's anybody who's probably involved in tax evasion and trying to avoid the law and reward themselves capitalistic gain, that sounds like America to me. So like I said, I'm not going to put any beliefs in your head, take it with a grain of salt, but it's also somewhat suspicious, the whole thing. And I would say, do your research and formulate an opinion. But my profession is not conspiracy theory. My profession is not political science. My profession is finance, investments, and money. So hopefully this short segment has given you a better understanding of how the financial and legal aspects of these corporations and the investments they utilize and that kind of thing. Hopefully it's given you a better understanding of how that works and how that fits into the Panama Papers thing. So thank you so much for listening. Hope that you'll follow me on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. I hope that we'll connect somehow, and I hope that you'll talk to me and we can have a good discussion. So I will see you in the next episode.